As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Football League show. Fulham and Bournemouth take another step towards promotion as Forest and Borough come to the fore in the playoff chase. Derby keep fighting, Swansea make history, Rotherham take success in the Pizza Trophy at Wembley, and Oldham take three points in the big relegation six pointer in League Two. This is the Totally Football League show in association with Paddy Power. Hey gang, it's me, Matt Davis-Adams, back with you after a week away, ready to talk about all things EFL. I'm in the company of the former Stevenage winger turned podcast host, Adrian Clark. Uh, you got designs on my job? Uh, part, part-timer only, um, I'm afraid. Yeah, you got you got nothing to worry about. But I did enjoy trying to to write a, a witty-ish intro and uh, yeah, I enjoyed delivering it in a, in a sort of MDA styling. It's all good. Lovely. Yeah, we enjoyed hearing it too. Uh, David Connolly's back with us too, former Wimbledon and more forward, fresh from a day out at Wembley. We'll talk in detail about that later, David. But uh, briefly, looked like a, a really fun afternoon. Yes, it was, um, I tell you what, excellent second half, brilliant um, extra time. And obviously the pre-match entertainment was um, <laughs> was something to behold, I'm sure we'll touch on later. We will, to be to you, etc. Listener, if you're on the ball, you'll have worked out that we've got ACDC on board today. Uh, Will either of our panellists shake you all night long? Probably not. Uh, (laughs) First of all, today, we're going to head to the championship. You're listening to the Totally Football League Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Championship headlines, Fulham and Bournemouth both win and thus both look bound for the Premier League. Huddersfield, Middlesbrough and Forest were the big winners amongst the playoff contenders. Derby earned a much-needed victory against Preston, while Swansea made history in the South Wales derby, but West Brom failed to register a shot on target as they lost to local rivals Birmingham. Steve Bruce said, It's got to be the worst game of football I've seen in a long time. Quite the statement, that, given that he managed Newcastle uh, over the last couple of years. We're going to kick off, though, with the Saturday lunchtime game, which saw two-time European champions and the apple of my eye, Nottingham Forest, go 3-0 up after 40 minutes against Blackpool and go on to win 4-1. I drew the wrath of my mother for tweeting that even though Steve Cooper's only been in my life for nearly six months, I love him more than some members of my own family. Um, Mum, I didn't mean you, but Clarkie, I mean, what can we say about this guy? The way that he's turned Forest round 
is incredible. And, and to go to Blackpool and win so convincingly with that, that first half salvo, not many teams have done that this year. It just shows a team brimming with confidence, but quality to go with it. Yeah, they're enjoying their football, aren't they? They believe in the manager and and they've got such momentum at the moment. They, yeah, it's fantastic. I think one the first thing he really did was try to create an identity. Forest were very lost prior to his arrival, weren't very exciting, but also weren't, weren't exactly watertight either. So it, it's a matter of sort of getting that tactical tactical strategy in place, putting players in their right positions, and he's just let them let them roll. And, and it's, it's, yeah, it's fantastic. And, and in Brennan Johnson, he's got a real player and he's got somebody that is destined not just to be a Premier League player, but I think to to make an impact in the Premier League as well. He's he's that good. He's he's so quick. Defenders will will be frightened of him, no matter what level he plays at. But and as we saw at the weekend, he's technically very very good as well. And and his decision making. I think the one thing that's really shone for me of late is that his decision making in those moments at high speed. He's just getting better and better. He's picking the right type of shots, the right type of passes, the right type of finishes. It's it's really impressive, and uh, it's not just about him. But but he he was he was the inspiration, wasn't he, for for this win at Blackpool? Yeah, we've mentioned a few times about the good business that Forrest did in January in terms of the incomings, but but maybe keeping hold of Johnson will be the most significant of all. But David, they still can't break into the, the playoff places. Got Coventry on Wednesday. They've also got the likes of Luton, Fulham and Bournemouth still to play. So it's not a given, is it? But I guess on one hand, particularly looking at the Luton game, it, You'd like that opportunity to take points of the off the teams around you. you know, it's, it's all very good beating Peterborough and, and Swansea and Holly Forest also have to play. But if you if you can if you can inflict some damage on a on a team that you're vying for promotion with, that that's gotta be even more. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think four of the last seven are at home. And if you look at the atmosphere generated, you go back to the cup games, for example, and obviously the atmosphere that Steve's built up and the momentum as Adrian touched on. I think if you've got four of those games at home, you've got a really good chance. You know, Coventry, Birmingham, I think they're winnable. The West Brom game, winnable. And, and then it's Swansea towards the end. So, look, they've been outstanding. Uh, I don't think anyone's got more points than, since Steve's uh, taken charge than he has in, in the Football League. Um, you know, the defence is tight. And, and, and the interesting thing is, every time they've had a cup game and they've normally played Premier League teams, you know, immediately after they've gone and picked up three points. And I think that's really important because you have the Lord Mayor show how often does that happen? And then you come back down to earth, you crash down to earth in the league game and you get beaten. But Forest haven't. Every time they've played a cup game, they've gone on and won the next one. And he's had some big calls to make as well. He put Samba back in goal. And mm. uh, Neil Horvath did, did really well for a couple of games. And he let him keep the shirt, sort of he earned it, deserved it. But it, I think, you know, Samba's his number one. So, um, you know, he's had, he's had calls to make as well. It's not all been um, sort of easy for him. And Johnson, I agree. Johnson is outstanding. I look at someone like Eze and I think, right, you know, is he is he a similar ilk? He's quicker. He, he's got more goals in him, but he, he'll command a similar price that Eze did um, for QPR, that's for sure. Well, one of the teams keeping Forest out of the playoff places just now, Middlesbrough, they beat League One bound Peterborough 4-0 in the Battle of the Boroughs 
at London Road. Uh, another team, Clark, you've got plenty of, of goals in them and, and, and spreading it around as well. Obviously, Coburn's come to the fore of late. Your boy Balogun all of a sudden looks like the player that, that Borough paid or are paying a big percentage of uh, of his wages for and he's, he's justifying that. And Duncan Watmore, who I, I'm staggered to learn is 28. For me, he's always been 21. But another key performance from him here. He was brilliant, wasn't he? It was absolutely, it was a sensational substitute performance. And he is unquestionably the best sub in the championship. Now, no one wants to be the best sub in the championship, but it's it's not that bad. He's, he's making a real impact. I, I think he's got 11 goal contributions this season, but, but seven of those have come as a sub, four goals and three assists. And if you can just come on for 25, 30 minutes, score and assist, you know, you're kind of living the dream in, in some respects, aren't you? And I don't think there's anything wrong with, with being an impact sub. Uh, I, I get, I get why he's sticking with that rather than playing him because he's delivering, he's continuing to use, use what more as a sub, isn't he? Chris Wilder. So um, yeah, good on him. Great performance. Lovely goal, wasn't it, from Tav- uh, Tavernier? Above the defence, headed out to the left side of the box. Tavernier sweeps oh, it in. What a oh, what a finish. What a goal. Set up by McNair. Finished by the left boot of Marcus Tavernier. I just think with Chris Wilder, he improves players. That's what he's about. He's a coach. He's a coach that whoever he works with, he... he has the ability to take them to the next level. Look at the individuals at Sheffield United. He turned them into Premier League quality players, didn't he? Those centre-halves were known as grisly EFL centre-backs, weren't they? That can, you know, head it, kick it, clear it. But he turned them into, into, into really culture players and he's doing something similar at Barrow. You know, Dyke still comes to mind. He's, he's really improved. He's come on a lot in that right centre-back role. So, yeah, Middlesbrough, this was a great win. Gifted, I have to say, by by some really, really bad defending from Posh. I mean, they got, do you know, I think they got away with a little bit at the start, Borough. They could have easily, Posh could have scored a couple of goals without mm. question. Mm. But, you know, as Adrian said, one thing you know, if you're a centre forward and you go to a club, a team managed by Chris Wilder, you're going to play. Now, look at Sheffield United time. He had four strikers and they'd all get enough games to keep them happy, whether it's starting, coming off the bench. He's done exactly the same at Middlesbrough. And, you know, Balogun, Connolly, the two loanees. I know Aaron hasn't quite hit the ground running, but, you know, if it's not quite working, he'll, he'll, he'll obviously change the front two. And he's done that, to be honest, his whole coaching career. You know, so, you know, as centre forward, you'll go there, you know you won't be sat on the bench all game, every game. He will make changes after 60, 70 minutes and you'll get your game time. Uh, speaking of centre forwards, Fulham keep on winning their latest game over West London rivals QPR. Mitro got them both here. He's up to 37 for the season. 13 clear of the next best striker in the top four English leagues. Incredible stuff. But but really the story I think here, David, with the reports coming out following the game that, that Mark Warburton might be about to get the sack. Now, the Athletic understand that no immediate change is coming, but, but these stories tend not to be plucked out of thin air do they no they're in pretty rotten form at the moment Rangers but I mean really they're what three points off the playoffs it's uh, it's better than they thought they were going to be doing this season to make a change now would be crazy wouldn't it well I mean I think I think what's gone against Mark is the the start they had and the position they were in and you know I think that 
if you look at the games they got to go, I don't think nothing's going to change now, but they're away for what, four of them? We've got four games away from home. Their away form isn't particularly great. It's a case of what might have been for Rangers, I think, this season. And no surprise with the result against Fulham, but it's almost, they concede carbon copy goals. I mean, Dickie got out-muscled again, exactly like he did at, at Craven Cottage. You know, didn't read the run of Mitrovic, got across him too easily. And goals has been a real issue. Goals against has been, you know, you look at Steve Cooper and he's coming at Forest, you look at QPR again, it's their Achilles heel. They just concede too many goals to give them a chance. And uh, I don't think he will get sacked during the season because there's not long enough left yet. And I think there's too little time for someone else to make an impact. But in the summer, I think they'll have a good look at it. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it, Clark? If they say the situation will be reviewed in the summer, that that almost feels pretty certain and that the decision's already been made. That that can't be great for, for Warburton and his staff for, for the rest of the season, or nor for the players, I guess. No, it's not ideal, but you've got to be realistic about it. Football is a ruthless game. And I think that the playoffs were the objective for the season. I think myself and Sam at the start said, we think QPR are good enough to be in the playoffs this season. And they obviously have been for most of it. So if they, if they were to fail in that objective, it would be un, underachievement, wouldn't it? So, I, I, and I think one of the reasons, although they've been unlucky with injuries, I do feel that there have been clear shortfalls in the squad that haven't really been addressed. I think that the, the quality of some of the defenders needed to be better and, and, and they didn't really address that. And there was a, a lack of real speed, I think, up top um, and and re- a reliable source of goals. And, and, and they didn't address that either. And I think they're paying, they're paying a really heavy price for that. I think he's a good manager, Mark Warburton. Absolutely excellent. But this season, if they fail to make the top six, will go down as a, as a disappointment. Right, so that was the weekend in the promotion picture. Up next, we'll talk through what's happening in the battle to stay in the championship. It's the Paddy Power Football Supporter Support Line and we've got Simon from Manchester on the line. Yeah, and I'm stressed about the potential of a Liverpool City Champions League final, Paddy. Sounds like an epic, Simon. Yeah, but one team's going to come off really badly. Who's that? My lot. Man United. It's not always rewarding being a football fan. But if it's rewards you're after, try Paddy Power's Bet Builder and get money back as a free bet if one leg of your 4 fold Bet Builder lets you down. Paddy Power. Pre-match online Bet Builder bets only. Min odds 1 to 5 per leg. Max free bet £10 per day. 7-day free bet expiry. Excludes enhanced match odds, eligibility restrictions and T's and C's apply. 18 plus. BeGambleAware.org. You're listening to the Totally Football League Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. If you want to read more Football League content from the likes of Nancy Frostick, Paul Taylor, Phil Buckingham, Peter Rutzler and more of The Athletic's best writers, you can do so by heading to theathletic.com forward slash league show and get yourself a subscription of just £1 a month for the next six months. That's theathletic.com forward slash league show. Now then, Reading salvaged a draw against relegation rivals Barnsley at Oakwell. Keeps the gap at five points between the clubs with seven games remaining. Difficult to know, David, who's happier with the point here. I mean, probably neither is the answer because Barnsley needed the win. But Reading were the better team here, weren't they? Could and maybe should have won it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Paul spoke after about, you know, trying to stop the threat of Carlton Morris, which is easier said than done. He scored a great goal, you've got to say. His movement, his touch, his finish was fantastic. But I tell you what, equally good was the, the Reading goal. Lovely little layoff from, um, from Sean Morrison and well finished. Um, and I think 
it's a case of what might have been for Reading. So they got Stoke next, one back-to-back. I think that'd be a tough game for them. Um, but I think it was so important they didn't lose that game. I think if Barnsley had won that game, I mean, it would be, the Stoke game would be completely different. As it is now, that point just keeps Barnsley at a little bit of a distance. They toast now. Do you think Clarkey, the Tykes, and just just looking at their running, they still got Huddersfield, Millwall, or Field. They're still just about in it, but but there are a lot of teams who might be kind of beach bound left for them to play as well. Swansea, Blackpool, Preston, finish at West Brom. Anybody would fancy that? I don't think they are done. Yeah, I, I I think the likelihood is that they'll go down, and 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 the fact that Michael Hillick is going to miss a few games, maybe the whole of the season, is really bad news because he's been. Been a bit of a rock, really, at the back in, as part of their revival. No, I wouldn't write them off. And, but but in this match, you have to be honest and look at assess what, what we saw with our eyes. What we saw was Reading look a better side than Barnsley. I think they look more accomplished, much, much better on the ball. Um, and they were unlucky, I think, not, not to win the game. So you're going to have to need Reading to, to have a real downturn, a couple of confidence draining defeats and for Barnsley to sort of chip away at that point's tally. So now I don't think they're dead and buried just yet, but um, yeah, Reading looked superior, didn't they? And uh, is it a surprise? I mean, Ince, Swift and Ajaria behind Lucas Schwau. That's top half. That's not, not relegation zone, is it? That's, that's a quartet that, that should be operating around the playoffs. I'll tell you what, I mean, QPR wouldn't mind those four at the moment. Same kit. <laughs> you, know, it's, you stick those four in the QPR team and I think that improves them. Well, Barnsley and Reading didn't win, but Derby did. I mean, they kind of won twice, really, given the result at Oakwell, coupled with the Rams' 1-0 victory over Preston. Moves them up a place in the table. Uh, whose red card was more egregious here, do you think, David? I mean, Liam Lindsay, what, two in as many games for him daft daft his but then an atrocious challenge from Max Bird for his yeah yeah I think um I think Liam but possibly we could look at Liam's but certainly Max's was uh I think the reaction is well I I have to say look it was a bad challenge but I I still don't think it it was as bad as others that we've seen his boot was a little bit high I actually think it was his follow-through leg not the initial um leading leg that made the challenge that made it appear as bad as it was um but look Nonetheless, uh, great three points for them. You know, fantastic goal from Ravel. You know, really good technique. And, um, you know, they're still sort of in, you know, they haven't given up yet. They're still plugging away. They've got tough games to come, though. So I think that was an important three points. Yeah, I I think the the Max Bird one, you couldn't argue at all with it being red. The Lindsay one, it's hard to make out because he's he's off balance. He's stumbling. Was it really cynical or was it just a little bit clumsy? I think the referee referees just can't wait to pull out red cards from their pocket with those kind of situations. It's their eyes light up. He's the last man. He's the last man. I get to, I get to go red. And I just think when you compare what he did with what Max Bird did, it's it's different. Um, but the punishment is the same, isn't it? But yeah, no, this was good from Derby. Um, it's a pretty beachy performance, wasn't it? From from Preston, um, twenty two shots Derby had in the game, which goes to show that they were very much off it, Preston, in terms of their application. Uh, Ryan Lowe will get into them, no doubt, ahead of the big derby game against Blackpool. They they won't play as uh, as beachy in that one, I'm sure. 
Uh, producer Abby saying she wants to see you referee a game, Clark. I think we'd be getting uh, all sorts of shenanigans with the penalty, penalty rules and, and every each team finishing with eight players. I love hammering them, but I'd, I'd probably be useless. That, that is that is the facts facts of the matter. <laughs> uh, championship wise, our final stop is in South Wales, where we think a new word has been born. After 110 years this season, it's the first time that a team has done the doob. This is what was scrawled on the banner that the Swansea supporters, I guess, rather hastily uh, hastily made as their team were winning 4-0 away to Cardiff. For clarity, it's the first time either side has done the league double over the others, which is absolutely ridiculous when you think about it. Uh, Russell Martin, David, said it's the best moment he's ever had as a manager. This keeps him sweet with supporters up until next season now, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, the goals were just outstanding. I mean, the first one from from Michael Oberfemi, the move and the movement, you know, up back through third man run from Patterson. And, uh, you know, Michael's um, coming for a lot of, I do a bit obviously for Irish, uh, you know, media. And, and Michael refused a call up to Ireland under 21s. And, and actually, he's probably doing the best out of all the strikers that are Irish at this moment in time. Yeah, and he's not in the senior squad. So um, I think Michael could really do with, and certainly Ireland could do with him being in the senior squad. And when he plays like that, you know, and the goals he's already got at Swansea, it's been a really successful loan and obviously fits the way they play. But but certainly for Ireland, I know that, that if he was fit and he was playing, it's just maybe there's a couple of question marks about his attitude. And, you know, he's had a few injuries at Saints and as he looked after himself, etc. But, you know, I think with maturity, um, I think he's going to develop into a fantastic player. Whether he can then now be that Irish Premier League goal scorer that we crave is the next question. But he's certainly the, the, the one that's in form and he should be in the squad. But brilliant from Swansea and Russell. You know, he's, he's done an outstanding job there. On, on that, I think it's a reward. This kind of victory and the nature of it is a reward for that philosophy shift, isn't it? There, there are going to be bumps in the road. There have been some horrible bumps for Swansea. They've given so many silly goals away by playing the way that they do, taking risks inside their own half. But when it comes off, they're breathtakingly good to watch, aren't they? And, and kind of untouchable. Cardiff couldn't get near them in this game. So when it comes together for Swansea or for Russell Martin, they they are capable of achieving things that maybe that, that most sides can't. Well, so. I, 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 when we when we touch on League One, I'm sure we'll look at MK Dons. If you see the goals that MK Dons score, yeah. you know they just it's so obviously there's still the handprint there of of Russell's work. I know it's Liam Manning's now, but nonetheless, you know, building from their goalkeeper, playing through the thirds, great football, and both um, both these teams go about it certainly in the right way. Magnificent result for Swansea. Steve Morrison had had Gareth Bale in his ear in the week, apparently telling him not to lose the game. I wonder who's more likely to be at Cardiff next season, Bale or Morrison. Uh, Time will tell on that one. Now then, it's time for Adrian's Acker. So we tried this once. It didn't go very well, but we're going to give it another stab. Based on the midweek games, Clark is going to pick out some standout selections for us and we'll price them up with producer Abby and Paddy Power in a minute. You've got two picks for us to start with, Adrian. Yeah, two from the championship in midweek. Yeah, fingers crossed on this. Um, Luton, it's, it's, it's not rocket science. I'm going for favourites here, um, but let's let, let's see how we fall. Um, Luton to beat Peterborough. I was really unimpressed with Peterborough's defending. They played all right at times against Middlesbrough and they, and they created 
plenty of opportunities, but they had, I think Ronnie Edwards was out with COVID. Beavers pulled out last minute, another defender with the, with the, for personal reasons. They're really short at the back. And I'm looking at Adebayo, you know, Adebayo up front for Luton. Lots of motivation in what's kind, sort of a derby. Um, lots of motivation for Luton. I think they'll go there and, and win. Uh, the other one would be in the big derby that we referenced earlier, Preston against Blackpool. Blackpool won this one 2-0 earlier on in the season. So Preston will be pumped up for revenge. But neither team played very well in, in last time out. They both conceded a lot of chances. I think there'll be a strong focus on not making mistakes here and it will be cagey and fiery, but also cagey. So Preston against Blackpool under three and a half goals just to play it a bit safer. Abby, can you give us the odds on those, please? There's playing safe and there's playing safe. So we've got uh, Luton, our favourites to beat Peterborough. They're 20 to 23. Uh, and the under three and a half goals between uh, Preston and Blackpool is a solid one to five, which means that double is 1.24 to one. All the money we're going to make this week. <laughs> He's got some long shots to come, I feel sure. All right, speaking of long shots, Sutton found themselves in a Wembley final. We'll talk more about that next. To Wembley then, where Sutton United took on Rotherham for a shot at Silverware. The afternoon got off to an interesting start. Well, that was Tim Vine's Sutton United Cup final song, Rock Your Tambourine. And as you can see, that is Paul Chockel, a massive Rotherham supporter, riding a moped, or should we call it a motorbike, if we're feeling generous, with the Papa John's trophy on the back, being very careful not to drop it, one would hope. And now he's going to join Tim Vine and inside that takeaway box, it's not a pizza, it's a football. David, do you have a good view of that? Yeah, I mean, I um, actually on the walk into Wembley, you walk down the Harrow Road and there's plenty of Papa John's and plenty of mopeds. And, uh, <laughs> I actually I actually took a picture of, uh, of uh, and, and funnily enough, a few hours later, we saw one of those mopeds on the pitch. Yeah, you, you uh, quite incredible. Some way to deliver. Um, and at half time, we did have Papa John's pizza. So uh, that was a nice little bonus. <laughs> uh, well, after 96 minutes, the pizzas and the trophy looked to be heading to the U's until Arsenal Loney OC 2 2 did this. Ladapo on for OC 2 2. It's there! It's late and it's great for Rotherham United. At Rotherham eventually running out. 4-2 winners. Was it just their kind of superior stamina as well as their quality that, that made the difference at the end, David? Well, I think you can, I think if you're Sutton, you can be, count yourself so unlucky. I thought they were outstanding. They stopped Rotherham, all their threats, and they were just undone at the end with, to be honest, that a couple of minutes left, Harry Buterman took a shot from about 30 yards out when he should have just kept the ball. And that is the worst thing you do against Rotherham because the goalkeeper, Johansson, would just spot it boot it long to Smith, win the flick on, and that's how they equalised. And so 2-2 scored to make it 2-2 as the sub. And I said on air, well, have they got a sub called 3-2? Because if they have, bring him on. And yeah, certainly their, their strength and depth told. I mean, Sutton were out on their feet. and uh, But they were so close. Even They even read out the man of the match. And, and it was Craig Eastman for, for Sutton. And that is how close they came. But in the end, I think the quality told that, that Rotherham had. I mean, to be honest, they brought on Shane Ferguson, who's six six seasons at Millwall, um, you know, and, and 200 appearances. He comes on, he was like a Rolls-Royce, you know, and, and they, they scored three goals with him on the pitch. He was outstanding. 
And Kenny Davis came on for Sutton, who I, you know, I think he still drives a black cab. And that's not being disrespectful for Kenny, but that is the two levels. You bring someone on with 200 games under his belt in the championship. And, and, and for Sutton, they did so well. And they're gracious losers, you know. They stood there. They applauded Rotherham. Uh, very gracious in defeat. And, and credit to them. So I thought um, Azubaya was was outstanding for them. Got to be careful, haven't we, Clarky, not, not to patronise losers, as is often the way. But as David says there, they, they were all class, weren't they, Son? And, and I feel like, actually, this isn't like going to derail their season or anything like that. They, they were playing a team who were, what, three leagues above them last season and, and who have infinite more quality. And, and they've got this experience now of playing at Wembley. And, and who knows, they might need to call on that in, in a month or so's time. Yeah, I agree. I think they can take great heart from the way that they performed against a team that's, that's top of League One or... or destined for promotion into the championship. And yeah, they, it was a great collective effort. The spirit was great. The organisation, the tactical um, game plan to, to sort of nullify Rotherham. It was, it was all excellent. I, I agree with David on Adji Boy. He was, he was really good, wasn't he, down the right? The, I know the assistant manager, I played with him at Stephen, is Jason Goodliffe. And his son, his son going off, I think, might have been a little bit of a turning point. Very reliable centre-half for them. And he, he went off towards the end and... And they, they didn't look as sure-footed after that. But I also think as much as we should credit Sutton, I think sometimes Wembley can make players tight and the nerves can, can really get to you. And I think that was the case with Rotherham to some degree. They just looked really heavy-legged and it can happen. It happened to I remember playing there for England schoolboys. You know, I was only 15 or whatever, but the first half of my first match at Wembley... I just felt no energy and it, it you grad, I gradually sort of got through it. You get the dry mouth, it's nervous energy that can get used up. And, and I think that was the case for Rotherham and it, that played into Sutton's hands, but in the end, they got through it, scored some brilliant goals, didn't they? I mean, the, the Ogbené strike, it did, the ball didn't even spin, did it? In the air, it was sort of straight, stayed fairly, you know, it just shot straight through the air. It was, it was magnificent. Benny hits it. And yeah, in the end, their quality, their quality told. So that was the EFL trophy for this season. Look forward to its return so we can spend, what, seven, eight months lamenting it and then talk about how brilliant it is once the final gets played. Uh, we'll go back to our reg- regularly scheduled programming next when we visit League One. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. This is the Totally Football League Show with Matt Davis-Adams. Adams. 
In League One, Rotherham and Wigan can feel the breath of the teams behind them on their necks after MK Dons and Plymouth both won. Sunderland and Sheffield Wednesday left it late to claim victories of their own. Those wins saw Oxford pushed out of the playoff picture. Morecambe did their hopes of staying up some good after a 3-0 win over Burton. And the points were shared in an eight-goal thriller featuring a 96th-minute equaliser as Cheltenham and Accrington drew 4 all. Uh, Wimbledon then, a bad case of the Wednesdays as this happened in the 92nd minute to them. Turned it back towards Barry Ballon. Ballon puts it into the centre. There's Patterson, heads it across. It's a chance for Gregory! It's a grandstand finish for Sheffield Wednesday. Gregory does it once again at the back post. What a finish! Sheffield Wednesday will get all three points. It's Lee Gregory giving Wednesday a 2-1 advantage. Uh, let's start with the Dons, David, seeing as it is one of your former clubs. Firstly, what did you make of the managerial change and, and did you see any immediate change in, in style? I mean, they were, what, seconds away from claiming a point at, at Hillsborough, so clearly did something right, Mark Bowen. Yeah, I mean, um, look, they could have scored another one. I mean, Asal... He's probably the one. If they are going to get out of danger, he's going to be the one that has to get them the goals. I thought I thought they they crafted their goal really well with him and Robinson, and they were so close. But as has often been the case, I mean, they've conceded a few late goals this season. They've scored quite a few late goals as well. The, the AFC to sort of get back into games. I think the next two games are going to be crucial. Charlton, then obviously MK Dons doesn't get much bigger. And there's a real need for points against Charlton leading into that MK Dons game because, as we touched on earlier, the football MK Dons are playing, it's going to be tough to get near them. So really hard, heartbreaking for them to concede so late. Um, and, you know, you just switch off for a minute. I think Woodyard just just, just switched off for a couple of seconds and that, that was just it. It cost them. Uh, but they still could have scored two goals themselves. And that's been the case in a lot of games for AFC that, that they haven't taken their chances. No surprise. Look, when you sell Ollie Palmer, um, you know, you lose Joe Piggott and, and Ollie goes to a team two divisions below, whatever, you're always going to be up against it. So um, it, it's tough for them at the minute. It is. Wednesday, though, Clark, it pretty much nailed on for playoffs, in your opinion. They still got to go to, to MK and, and Wickham, but other than that, a fairly favourable run in and, and all of a sudden full of goals. They look fit. They look capable, don't they? Uh, Gregory coming back into goal-scoring form makes a big dis- big difference. Um, yeah. I, in the playoffs, though, there is a slight concern over them because they're only in the mix because of what they do at Hillsborough. Away from home, bang average, really. Um, they're, they're actually ranked 10th in the away team table. So that's a concern because it's, you know, it's a two-legged affair. Unless you, you, you hammer someone at Hillsborough, it, it could go against you. They are the best team on home turf in, in League One, 47 points, which is fantastic. So, so yeah, I, I, they've got to work on that, I think, for them to, to actually get promoted. But, but at Hillsborough, they're, they're different class. Um, Darren Moore kind of deserves a little bit of praise here. He changed the shape. Midway through the second half, took off uh, Iorfa at the back, put on Berahino, gambled a little bit, and and, and it ultimately paid off. So yeah, good good win for them. That that have expected maybe a more routine win, but but they won't really care. As for Wimbledon, very quickly, um, the one thing I noticed was they they sat off a bit more. They weren't pressing. They sort of said, "Come and break us down," but they had more of a threat on the counter. 
because they had two strikers and often under Robinson, it was just the one up top. Um, so slightly, it was a definitely a different approach from the Dons and um, a, a pretty good one, actually. And we've got to speak a little bit about Accrington Stanley 4, Cheltenham 4. Uh, loads of late goals in this one. Three from the 87th minute onwards. There was also a red card in stoppage time. Adrian, do you put any stock in the fact that they don't have much to play for? So that, so they just went hell for leather and thought they'd have some fun? Or was there something else going on? <laughs> no, I mean, no. I think they've got previous, haven't they? If you remember the Wickham game, 5-3 down, weren't they, Cheltenham? And then they came back and, and got a 5 aller. They're just that sort of team. It's really weird because Michael Duff got them into League One on the, on the back of being really good at the back. Stingy. They were the stingiest team around, really, in at that level, in the fourth tier, they go up a division, they can't defend. I mean, they've let in loads of goals, but they score lots of goals. They've become much more exciting. So, so in a way, they've, they've reinvented themselves. I'm not sure it's deliberate, but they have reinvented themselves. And thank goodness that they have become better at scoring goals. Otherwise, they'd be, they'd be in trouble, I think, this season, Cheltenham. So, yeah, no, really, really good for them. It's funny, isn't it? They both walk away with a point. But Cheltenham go home absolutely flying, and and Accrington are just on their knees, aren't they? It's it, yeah, it's and and Accrington should feel on their knees because they were the better team here. They 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 bossed it, and they'll be scratching their heads as to how they didn't win. But like Adrian says, David, you get the final goal in this, you've essentially won it, especially when you've got such a mammoth journey home. If, you, if you've gone, if you're one of the hardy Cheltenham souls, you've gone all that way up to Accrington to see them lose. It, it, it makes it feel a little bit better if you, your team then plunder a stoppage time equaliser. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you're Accrington, though, as, as Adrian was saying, one thing you don't do is gift Alfie May a goal to start with. I mean, terrible from Sykes, who just had a game to forget, really, which ended with the red. But, um, yeah, very entertaining. And uh, the, 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 the equalising goal was a fantastic finish. Great low strike into the corner. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was a definite game of the day, that's for sure. So, so, and it proved that sometimes, maybe once, twice a season, a manager that puts a centre-half up front for the dying embers gets gets their rewards. It doesn't always happen, does it? You see it, you see the big man go up and and yeah, it's it's all a bit messy, but that was that was top draw, wasn't it, from Will Boy? Yeah. Certainly was. Uh, Adrian, let's crack on with Adrian Zaka. What's your what's your league one pick from the midweek games, please? Well, crew are rubbish, aren't they? They're they're awful. And I just can't see them getting anything at MK Dons. I can't just back MK Dons to beat Crew because that's that, that's way too short. But I think that the MK Dons, even if you gave Crew a one goal start, they'll they'll win this handily. The quality of their football should be should be way too hot for for the Alex to handle. They look destined destined for the drop. So yeah, minus a goal MK Dons on the handicap please. Abby, what can you give us odds wise on that? Well, Adrian is right to, uh, you know, to mix things up a bit. It's two to seven uh, for MK to be the victors in this one. But if we give them that uh, little goal takeaway, then that becomes 10 to 11, which means the treble is 3.28 to one. So we're starting to get some sort of value for being well. Good. We'll finish that off soon. First, though, we're going to League Two. In League Two, no change in the top two places as Forest Green and Exeter both won. Uh, they're joined in the automatic promotion places by Port Vale after they bested Barrow. 
Carlisle got a 97th minute equaliser against the nine men of Tranmere to draw 2-2. And at the bottom, a huge win for Oldham as the Latics beat Steve Stevenage. And that is the game that we are going to focus on. I never quite know where we are with, with Oldham, David. One minute they're absolutely doldrums, no saving them. Then they pick up wins and, and all of a sudden, back-to-back -back victories has got them three points clear of trouble. Yeah, you're right. I mean, um, certainly they were on a dreadful run. Those those two wins now, the six points, has given them that, that bit of breathing space. And it's interesting, you know, because obviously when Steve Evans took over at Stevenage, a couple of days later, there was a, a COVID outbreak. And who knows, you know, the Mansfield game was off. We all know what Steve Evans is like. I'm not saying that there wasn't a COVID outbreak, but but certainly I think he would have liked that time to work with the team. As it is, it hasn't really helped them whatsoever. And in that period, obviously, for Oldham to take points off Stevenage and just, just open that gap a little bit has been huge. And really joined the dots, Clarky, until now. Uh, what tumult you must be in at this situation Stevenage one of your former loves and, and Steve Evans your mortal enemy how are you feeling <laughs> it doesn't sit well with me it really doesn't I, I I'm desperate for him to succeed actually because I don't want I've, I've seen Southend drop out of the league it'd be heartbreaking to see Stevenage fall away as well especially given how many years we tried to get into the into the EFL and it took a long long time um, yeah, on this game, I mean, what a goal. You've got to say it was one of the crosses of the season from Jordan Clark. Absolutely magnificent for Hopcut to score. And Hopcut, it was his first league start of the year. So for him to come into the team and deliver like that with a great header was brilliant. Um, they always seem to score older. I think they've got 12, they've scored in 12 of their last 14. So that's on their side and, and that they look like they're playing, playing their way to safety, don't they? It wasn't wasn't a game of great quality. I was looking at the pass accuracy stats, which I think often give you an indication of the type of game it was. Stevenage, 54% uh, accuracy. <laughs> Oldham, 45% accuracy. <laughs> so, I mean, pretty much every other ball is being given away, but but we won't, you know, we won't hammer them too much for that. Yeah, Stevenage have got to come again. I actually think Stevenage played pretty well here. They created good chances. They were really unlucky not to get two or three. Even Sheridan admitted afterwards that his team were pretty lucky to get the result. So I, I think that Steve Evans has got a reaction out of the team. And, and actually, I think he can keep them up. I genuinely do. When I look at their fixtures, they're not that bad. Barrow, on the other hand, whew, I wouldn't swap their fixtures with anybody. Their easiest fixture is Crawley away, who are sort of you know mid-table. The rest are all promotion contenders. Oh, I think Barrow might be the ones that that end up dropping with Scunthorpe. But um, yeah, I think in, enough evidence here to suggest Stevens you're going to start scoring goals under Steve Evans. Yeah, Barrow, 37 points, the same as Oldham, but Oldham have a game in hand on them, as do Stevenage, who are three points back. Uh, what's your pick for Adrian Zaka from League Two then, Clarky? It is. Um, Salford play Port Vale. And it's a big game. They're both sort of knocking on the door of the playoffs. I was just looking at recent results. And for Salford, the vast majority of their, of their recent matches, I think six of the last eight have seen both teams score. And Port Vale on the road, I think almost three quarters of their matches away from home this season have seen both teams score. It's the highest 
of any side in, in, in League Two. So this one's a stats-based one, really, based on the season so far. I think that they'll both get on the score sheet. Salford and Port Vale. Abby, what are the odds on that, please? Yeah, it looks good. It's 19 to 20 for both teams to score in this one. Salford, the favourite, 6 to 4. Port Vale, 19 to 10. That means our uh, Acker comes in at 7.35 to 1. Tune in on Thursday to find out how successful we've been. <laughs> Looks good to me. Uh, you can find out these odds and more at paddypower.com or the Paddy Power app. Prices are accurate at the time of recording. It's over 18s only. T's and C's apply. And when the fun stops, stop. Uh, now then, no doubt about our tweet of the week. It came seven minutes ago from Paul Chuckle, who simply says, what a day, football emoji, crying laughing emoji, two thumbs up emoji and an applause emoji. Uh, this is what we were talking about earlier. He and Tim Vine transported uh, onto the Wembley pitch on scooters to present the match ball from a Papa John's pizza, I don't know, delivery box thing that goes on the back of a bike. It naturally leads me to ask, what's the next big way a ball will be delivered in a big final? And we've seen them come out on mini cars. Uh, we've seen this. We've seen people swooping in from the sky. What comes next, Clarky? <laughs> Do you know what? I've, I've thought long and hard about this. And I think I've come up with a fun solution for ball delivery needs and also to combine it with a toss-up. All right, here we go. <laughs> I want a giant ball pit in the centre of the pitch, okay, with with hundreds of balls in it and the match ball, okay? So there may be different colour balls um, and the match ball, which obviously got, got to look different to the rest. You've got one fan from one side, one, one team on, on the halfway line. You've got a fan of the other team on the other halfway line. The klaxon goes. They have to leg it to the, to the middle, into the ball pit to, to unearth the match ball and the, and the, and the person that gets the, um, gets the match ball for their team, they win the toss. They get to choose. <laughs> choose I can just see your face, Matt. He's just not buying this at all. Are you? But look, it's, I, 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 I'm seeing this as, this is a fun way to get things going ahead of kickoff. Maybe Carabao can make a, make a ball pit look like a can or something. They jump, they run from the sides, jump into this big ball pit that looks like a can and, and it's fun and games. Why not? It, it sounds like Adrian, a mix between the Crystal Maze and the Hunger Games. Is that about it? Yeah, I was thinking of, Crystal yeah. Maze and Gladiator. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Gladiator, uh, so. it, it it hypes up the fans ahead of kickoff. It gets things going. Well, you could always take it to the next level, couldn't you? The winner who gets it, you know, if the game finishes level after ninety minutes, that's the trump card. Whoever 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 get the ball out of the pit first wins the game. I don't know. Maybe that's taking it too far. <laughs> Sounds a little convoluted. Uh, I had one comedian slapping the ball out of the hand of another comedian and insisting they keep the name of their team out of their effing mouths. But Abby tells me that that's so last week that we can't have that. So, <laughs> David, how can we improve? Um, well, I, I've had to think about this because we, we've had a few. Uh, I was thinking of a drone. We had that at Brentford. Do you remember the game was stopped with a drone coming down, yeah. Yeah. You know, being delivered by a drone? But how would it stay on the drone? And I think the only thing I think it would work that could be in any way practical because there was the Wizzy Rascal Castleford did you see that against Warrington Wolves but then he, if a child drives he can't be relied upon in terms of stopping on the spot whereas I think a pop-up like a sprinkler a pop-up ball Ooh, yeah. from, under, from under the pitch you know which can just be there um, it's pretty foul safe and that would be a, I think that would be a nice little addition because you've often seen the sprinklers come up and soak all the players warming up at half time so I'm sure they could add one for for a ball 
Um, so that would be my one. <laughs> All right. I quite like that. I, I just envisage a, a scenario whereby a player trips up on that plinth that's going to come up, gets injured, and then we get into a big Games Gone debate. Has an animal ever delivered delivered a match ball? You know, that might be quite nice. Yeah, you'd yeah. have thought the eagle at Crystal Palace or it will be at the Talons might puncture the ball. Yeah, get a tiger to bring one out of the, at the K-Con or something yeah. like that. I don't Fine. know. Or a swan. I mean, the, the, the possibilities. <laughs> where do we go? <laughs> <laughs> i tell you where we go. We go to the end of this recording before we dig ourselves into a hole that we can't get out of. Uh, many thanks, David, for joining us today. Clarky too, you're back on Thursday with Robin. So it's a meeting of the last three hosts of this podcast going to be interesting to see how that one plays out enjoy the midweek action we'll be here to react to it later in the week until then from all of us here it's goodbye you've been listening to the totally football league show part of the athletic podcast network listen ad free on the athletic app and keep up to date with everything totally by heading to at the totally show on twitter and on insta find out the latest subscription offers by going to theathletic.com forward slash league show the totally football league show is an athletic media company production The Athletic.